0: Welcome to the Reformation Fellowship podcast. Reformation Fellowship provides support and fellowship for all who would stand for the Reformation of Christ's Church worldwide. We long to see the church revitalized by the gospel and seek to encourage all who share that vision. We gather together through gospel-hearted fellowship around gospel-minded theology. Hello, and welcome back to the Reformation Fellowship podcast. I'm your host, Justin Schell. And in this episode, we're going to be talking with Dr. Michael Reeves, President and Professor of Theology at Union School of Theology. Today's conversation will be about Mike's new book, Right with God, published by Union Publishing. Let's jump in now. Mike, thank you so much for joining us again here on the Reformation Fellowship podcast.
1: Hey, Justin, it's great to be with you. It's been a little while since we did one of these together. Yes. I, I had fun then? I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm glad it was fun
0: because it was fun for me. I'm glad it was also fun for you. I think um, it's been over a season, so we're happy to have you back. And uh, today, as you know, we're talking about your new book, Right with God from Union Publishing. And uh, this is a little book about um, how to be right with God. Can you maybe start us off with just sharing why would you how how is this uh topic important to, to you? What um um what led you to want to write it?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I should probably emphasize in what you said there, it is a little book, it's a tiny little book. And uh, I wrote it because um this comes from my story that as a young Christian, I struggled with my own assurance. What does God mm-hmm. think of me? Um mm-hmm. And how can I be sure that I am right with him? And I felt really very unsure about that. And Mm -hmm. actually, even having become clear on what the Bible teaches on this, I find it's something that every day I still struggle with Mm -hmm. in that. I I find I I wake up in the mornings and I don't instinctively assume I'm right with God. I I just instinctively wake up with, I'm a mess, why would God want to hear me? I don't wake up thinking I'm a beloved, accepted child of God. I I, I feel like I need to sort of earn my way into his presence every day. And so I find this teaching Mm -hmm. that's covered in the book to be stuff I need to hear every day so I've really written this um as possibly the most general book I've ever written just really for every Christian this is the most basic stuff in the gospel that you need to hear if you want to live a joy-filled Christian life rather than a fretful unassured worried guilty life that mm-hmm. will will cramp you so here is the good news in a nutshell. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you mentioned in your own life the struggle to believe uh, that your uh, your sonship, yeah. your the the fact that that God would care for you, that you could be right with Him. As you perhaps teach, whether in the classroom or or in the pulpit, are you encountering Christians, um, even pastors, who share that struggle
1: yeah absolutely so i find it from from teaching um in churches or at popular conferences i find when i teach on this so many people reacting so strongly Mm -hmm. because they realize they really weren't clear on what the bible says about how to be right with god Mm -hmm. but actually even more than that I find when I teach at the most advanced level, teaching mm-hmm. leaders, I find confusion on this, even though they actually know the truths deep down, they mm-hmm. they let them leak out. And so mm-hmm. to be refreshed in these truths is actually critical, even for mature leaders. Yeah. They need to be refreshed in this for their own sanity in, in Christian ministry, because so often people will define themselves by how they perform, mm-hmm. how they perform as as Christians. And the, it's a, just a subtle process of self-definition. And therefore I stand on my performance before God, which robs all your joy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's look
0: at the book a little bit. I, I'm assuming that, um, and having read it, I know that the answer that is that you can be right with God.
1: Mm.
0: So help us give us a flyover of the the biblical teaching of of being right with God.
1: Yeah. Well, in complete contrast to our natural assumption and, and what what all our culture tells us, which is that you will be more loved when you make yourself more attractive. Mm. Scripture teaches that with the God of the Bible, it's the other way round. That you're not more loved when you make yourself more attractive. Quite the opposite. I think if I were to go to um, one place to start people off on this, it would be Romans 4 and the first few verses of Romans 4. Mm -hmm. In Romans 4, what we see is Paul... Talking about Abraham, the father of the faith, as the model for us of how to be right with God, and Paul says, um, "Let me let me read it." The first few verses of Romans four. What should we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh? If Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. But what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Mm. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. To the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. So what Paul is saying is that Abraham had nothing to boast about. He wasn't considered righteous by God because he'd been righteous. He'd done righteous things. Rather, God showed himself in Genesis 15 to be a kind God who justifies the wicked ones. And so in Genesis 15, verse 6, we read this glorious moment where Abraham believed God and it was counted to him or credited to him as righteous and so to to be the word that theologians use is justified to be right with god or declared just or right justified right with god is does not mean to be a person who has no sin it means to be a sinner on whom god has pronounced a verdict righteous mm-hmm. and that verdict excuse me, does not mean that you've yourself become more just in and of yourself. It is that you are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. Christ's righteousness is given to you. Now, I could go on to illustrate how Paul talks about that in other places if you want, but there's a a very quick flyover. Justification is not a process of improving Mm. ourselves so that we can be accepted by God. It is God's declaration that he forgives us and accepts us more than forgives us, declares us in the right, righteous before him.
0: Right. It, for me, I, I think of Hebrews 10, where uh, we're told in verse 14, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. mm there's that that perfected for all time that you are justified. You are um, you're pronounced. You are yes. counted perf- perfect yeah. uh, before God, um, even as someone who is still being sanctified, even yeah. as he's still working on.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, so there's a, there's a key. Um, well, there's a key story that Martin Luther told to explain this right at the very beginning of the Reformation, where he said it's like this. He said, the gospel works rather than it being God gives us something called grace to help us along to do better, which is often how we imagine things, isn't it? You know, I need to do better. God will help me along to do better. Mm -hmm. Rather than that, the gospel works like a marriage. And so Mm -hmm. Luther, riffing off Song of Songs, the story of the lover and his beloved, he tells the story of a great and wealthy king representing Jesus, who marries this poor girl, in fact, a prostitute, representing us. And she can't make herself the queen, but he woos her out of his own love. And they come to their wedding day, and he says, all that I am, I give to you. All that I have, I share with you. And so he gives to her all his status, all his righteousness, all his wealth. And she says the same to him, all I am, I give to you, all I have, I share with you. Mm -hmm. And so she gives to him, we give to Christ, all our sin and death and shame and punishment, all the wrath of God that we deserve. And that means, Luther said, that at that very moment, because of not because of anything she's done, but because the word that the king spoke. Mm-hmm. That means she is the queen by status. Mm-hmm. Now, she doesn't talk right. She, she doesn't behave right yet. She hasn't learnt the ways of the court, but she is by status the queen. And mm-hmm. so she is at the same time the queen and still in her manners of the street. And in the same way, he said, Christians are right now, by faith, at the same time, perfectly righteous with the righteousness of Christ Mm -hmm. and sinners in and of ourselves, which which means that for our assurance, for a Christian to look in on themselves to say, how am I doing? All you will see is a part truth that, yes, Mm -hmm. you're a mess yes, you're still a sinner. That's true. You are. But what looking inside yourself cannot tell you is what's given to you by faith, which is the righteousness of Christ. And so when you're struggling to know, am I right with God, you look up to Jesus Christ, put your trust in him. And when you accept his word of love over you, like in that wedding moment, then you are righteous with the righteousness of Christ.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think that it's really the grounds for all of our, our ministry as well. We, my right. wife and I host a, what at our church we call a life group. So we've got 12, 20-somethings in, in our home once a week. Yeah. And we're talking about this, this idea of, uh, we're talking about the gospel, and I, I realized at one point they spend all week long hearing from the world what they have to do to be yeah. accepted, yeah. to be, and not not even in just appropriate ways. Of you want to advance at work, well, you need to do these things. But but here's here's the checklist of things to make you right with. Uh, the world around you. Here's the political positions you have to hold. Here's the the way you have to look or or or, or dress. Or here's mm-hmm. the the worldview you have to now embrace. Or there's and and it's always shifting. And uh, so they come in. I think after a week of just being bombarded with that, and um, and then they get to hear that um, Jesus has has called you His own. Jesus has made you right with God, and, um, and that's the only, I, I don't know another way to minister to someone who's been bombarded all week or, 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 or minister out the, the false gospels that they hear other than to, to come back to this justification by faith alone, by the word of God alone. Is that, do you see that? absolutely
1: And, and the thing is exactly what you're saying that because we're being so bombarded by this you know every advertising campaign's playing on this that you feel you're not beautiful enough you're not attractive enough you're not good enough but do this acquire this and you'll be better, and of course, you're not better. And so mm-hmm. you, you then go on the next twelve-step program to improve yourself and get yourself better. And you 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 go to the gym and you get a makeover and you do, do whatever it is you want. But but we're so bombarded by the whole culture twenty four seven telling us that love is conditional on your self improvement that. I constantly find, for myself and when I speak to others, I constantly mm-hmm. find it is hearing this gospel is so countercultural that we struggle to believe it. And so you hear it and go, that is amazing. Can it really be true? Really? Because that mm-hmm. is wonderful. And, and so I've seen so many times and experienced myself so many times crying with joy mm. at the goodness, the relief of this and yet finding myself then backing off from it because everything's telling me otherwise mm-hmm. and so it, it it's it's like good news that's hard to hold on to yeah. because yeah. it's so at odds with everything we're being told so it's it's not just something that people need to have ministered to them. its They need to be hearing it constantly under this barrage from the world of mm. negativity and conditionalism mm. to hear a counter-conditional message from a God who says, I know you better than you know yourself. Mm. I know there's darkness you haven't even begun to see in yourself. Yeah. And... In Christ, I cover it all. I deal with it all and call you to myself and call you beloved.
0: Yeah. Now, notice in the book, you finish each chapter with uh, sometimes a very short, sometimes maybe a page or two uh, testimony. It's uh, someone, uh, in, often in their own words, sharing how um, the light broke through, how... Yeah the truth of justification by faith of being right with God of assurance broke in. Why did you, why did you make the decision to, to add those in?
1: Well, I wanted really to show I've deliberately picked a whole bunch. So there's men and women from different continents, different countries Mm -hmm. just to show this is not, um, one way of looking at things. This is not just a a cerebral truth that some people like looking at. Mm -hmm. This is good news that has transformed the lives of ordinary men and women right around the world for centuries. And Mm -hmm. and so I I want people to be able to just smell a little bit of that, to go... Mm -hmm. This is not just something you ought to know. This is life transforming. This is joy giving. And we we must therefore be bathing in this constantly. And that's really why I wrote this, because I thought, even for a pastor who says, you know, I teach pretty well on this in my church, I'm thinking, you should be giving your people more of this. And so I deliberately wanted this to be a very small little book to say, pastor, look, Buy a hundred of these. Just hand them out to your church. Get this um, among your people. And even the non-readers, this is a really simple, short little thing. They can read this, and this will do the kind of good that you're wanting in your people. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to going through it with, with our life group. Mm. Uh, I want to read one of those. Uh, I'll, I've, I've just chosen a short Mm. One of those little um, testimonies, this one is on page 21 of the book. It's Michael Green in his uh, his book, Compelled by Joy. Uh, here's what he says. I saw for the first time in my life that Christ had carried away my burden of evil. He had taken personal responsibility for all my offenses. The whole revolting lot was poured on his sinless head. And he accepted it voluntarily so that I could go free. I'm not ashamed to admit that such sacrificial love broke me down. I thought I was tough, but I wept. Hmm. I, I think um, as I read the, the, the testimonies at the end of the chapters, I saw in, in some ways myself um, uh, it, hearing these saints encounter with grace um, and being able to know for certain that I can be right with God uh, reminded me of, of, of God's grace in my own life. Um, it, it allowed me to uh, rejoice again for his work, uh, his, his grace towards me. So I'm, I, I think that as, uh, as our folks are reading the book, they're, they're getting that um, accessible the, the theology, um, but they're also seeing um, what happens when when real theology, real biblical theology comes into contact with the human heart. And so I, uh, I'm excited to see how how um, how the Lord uses the book as well. Friends, we want to take just a moment out of our conversation to tell you about the upcoming Reformation Fellowship Conference in Atlanta, Georgia, November 11th through 12th. Our theme, the theme that we will gather around is the gospel, our hope, our banner. We want to come together together celebrate the gospel, unite around the gospel, and be encouraged in the gospel. You will hear plenary addresses from Michael Reeves, Dane Ortland, Phil Riken, Jeff Norris. You will also select a track to participate in at the conference. There's a track for any Christian who just wants to go deeper in their faith. There's a track for pastors, a track for women, and a track for theologians and scholars. And the hope for these tracks is to grow you, to develop you wherever you're at in whatever way you're serving the church, but also to encourage you by connecting you with others in a similar place. Those tracks are each led by wonderful theologian leaders, and we just know that you're going to be encouraged. So that is November 11th. 12th in Atlanta, Georgia, hosted by Perimeter Church. It will be the first Reformation Fellowship Conference in the U.S., and we will gather around the gospel, our hope, our banner. Everything you need to know, you can find at reffellowship.org. That's fellowship.org. We hope to see you there. Um, can you talk a little bit about let's say pastors are listening and uh they are w- w- this this book isn't a textbook it's not a it's um
1: yeah, definitely not
0: it's not a final word on um justification by faith alone or or uh or 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 imputation or or various other mm. ideas within soteriology but it it touches on um in a way that's really accessible on some of those pieces. Um, So for the pastor who has maybe been influenced or um, depending on where they, where they studied or who they read, maybe this idea of being right with God, uh, even if they identify as an evangelical is still something that they're, they're not sure of. Would you, would you be willing to speak to the, the pastor for a moment and, um, help them understand what you would want them to know about uh, about the book and about this
1: doctrine. yeah well i I think the pastors should be able to see that that I'm not only giving a a really concise I'm aiming to be really clear in saying what justification is. But I'm also seeking to clear up many points of confusion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm not saying necessarily where those have come from because it's such a concise book. But if if you know your theological debates, you'll you'll know what I'm I'm referring to. But your people don't need to know all that. So mm-hmm. I'm wanting to engage with a whole load of the the problems that people have with justification as well, their struggles to believe it. So issues like um, what about faith and works? How do they relate? You know, what about James two, not justified by faith alone? Um, What about problems with assurance? Um, You know, how, how do we help people who are struggling with that? Um, What about does a salvation or a justification by grace alone, does that leave people not actually feeling they need to live a life of holiness at all? It's some of those kind of objections. Mm -hmm. And so, so I'm hoping that by clearing up a load of those objections and really swiftly, really simply that it's actually going to be addressing a whole load of the Pastoral problems that keep cropping up in churches that even when you've taught on this, you very rarely get to hit all of those quickly. And therefore, I found again and again, um, I've heard from so many pastors. They say, you know, I taught all the way through Galatians, and people aren't still aren't quite getting it. And I'm thinking, I understand that, I really do. And mm-hmm. so, so I'm hoping by putting all together here in one little place, it will mean even if you've just done a a sermon series through Galatians, this will be the sort of thing you can give them just to pick it up and enable them to process not only what justification and what it is to be right with God, but also people's classic objections and their worries and the pastoral consequences of it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, let's let's take one of those. Um, You mentioned... Uh, one of those, uh, those, uh, problem spots you mm. mentioned. Um, well, uh, maybe Paul would say it, um, if grace abounds, shall we not go on sinning? Mm. Uh, that's been a, a concern since at least the reformation. Yeah. Um, how can you say this is salvation by, by grace alone, people will yeah. just go off and, and do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, that's obviously not what the Bible yeah. <laughs> would encourage us to do. No. So how do we, uh, again, I, let's, let's say I'm a pastor and my, I see cultural Christianity or nominalism or yeah. easy believism, whatever it may be called in my
1: yeah. in my
0: area. Um, how does the biblical teaching help us understand why, that, why being right with God actually doesn't produce yeah. um,
1: that yeah. kind of life? Basically, that kind of problem comes up when people hear a gospel, which is saying you can get heaven for free through this thing called righteousness, which is given to you. Oh, by someone called Jesus. Mm. And, And so basically, Christ isn't the center of the gospel there. But that's not actually what we're talking about. So it's not that God gives us something called righteousness and goes here have some of this righteousness that's the ticket that will get you into heaven Mm -hmm. rather what happens is god gives us his son jesus christ and the way justification works is in his resurrection christ having been crucified for our sins having taken the penalty for all our transgressions and suffered the penalty for it death is then declared righteous in the resurrection that's 1st timothy 3:16 and so we are justified or declared righteous through his resurrection romans 4:25 and so it works like christ is the righteous one and we united with him, taken into his body, think of it physically, taken into his body, we are clothed with his righteousness,
0: mm.
1: which means that you have no righteousness outside of Christ. So when you become a Christian, when you have faith, personal faith in Jesus Christ, it's not that you get this thing called righteousness, you get Christ Mm. And with Christ, you get Christ's righteousness, you get Christ's status as son, you get everything Christ has, but you don't get any of that without him. And so think Mm. think of that poor girl who married the king. So when she marries him, yes, she is immediately the queen, but that's not why she married him. She's not getting great. I really did it because I wanted the treasure chest. I wanted the crown. She's doing it because she loves him. Mm. And so anyone who's come to trust in Christ and so been declared righteous in Christ has him. And just as that new queen living with her husband starts learning how he is and starts becoming more like him, just so those who trust in Christ do so because they love him. And therefore, they're transformed to become ever more like him. And so, I think of, um, say, Titus 2. Paul puts it like this. He says, the grace of God has appeared. Th- that's shorthand for talking about Christ. Christ is the grace of God who appeared. Mm-hmm. Bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness. Mm-hmm. So, it's christ coming to us uniting us to him that gives us a new life and it's in that Mm -hmm. new life that we have that righteousness but because the heart of that new life is having him we don't want to walk in sin anymore we want to walk with him yeah yeah and that's that's good news
0: yeah absolutely
1: (laughs) <laughs> it's it's better news than just getting some status or some righteousness. You get him, the righteous one. That's right. Uh, just as it changes
0: maybe the way I shepherd twenty somethings here in Oklahoma, um, should shape our evangelism, our, our preaching, um, our counseling. Yeah. Uh, how how have you seen uh, in your own ministry these tr- these truths um, as you've believe them as you've trusted as you've um started to 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 latch on to them how's it changed the way you minister to others
1: well let me put it as a contrast so i see in so many evangelical ministries Mm. i see what people are called to is be more faithful but what in effect that does is people are then putting faith in themselves, in their faithfulness. Mm. What the gospel does instead is rather than pointing at ourselves, it tells us of Christ who came down to accomplish everything for us, who is righteous in our place and shares with us his righteousness, such that what we're to do is not say to people, trust in yourselves more, do better be more faithful it's look to him mm. and so the ministry of faithful proclamation all the arrows go up mm. look at him and um, and in him you find righteousness in him you'll find joy and when you do that that is being faithful there you go mm. That Now you are being faithful, whereas when you are trying to be more pious and more religious, you're not actually being more faithful. You're being more Mm. self-righteous. When you look to him, then a whole heart change happens. And rather than depending upon yourself, you get to depend on him. And so you find his beauty eclipses your own. You're able to begin to forget yourself. And so Mm -hmm. you find at the same time yourself becoming more soft hearted towards him, Mm -hmm. but actually more thick skinned about yourself because, yeah, people are going to say stuff about you, but actually your, your identity isn't based on what people say about you. It's based on him. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. And so when the arrows go up, when Christ is central and he's proclaimed, then people find liberation mm-hmm. and they find joy in him. They find a self-forgetfulness. They find, therefore, a humility. They find mm-hmm. they find for the first time that steadfast faithfulness that they were looking in in themselves for and never quite found it. They just find there's a natural joy that's there mm. just by looking to him.
0: Yeah.
1: That's wonderful. Well, praise and God. You know, and you know, I'm just thinking how this transforms your view of God too, because yeah. I think without really being clear on this, I think so many think that God is all sternness. He just approves those who already sorted themselves out. And so, mm. yeah, God's God, we've got to worship him. He doesn't win our hearts. But with this God, you see, here's a God who loves us 1st Mm-hmm. Before we do anything. And you, therefore, you go, well, if that's who God is, yeah. I don't even have to think about it. I love him. Mm-hmm. Isn't he lovely? Yeah. There you go. Bang, there's faith. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, then that's a good that's a good point to to end our time on, um, as we're out of time. But Mike, I want to thank you so much again for for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship podcast. Thank you for writing Right With God and want to encourage our listeners, um, read it, better yet, uh, get several copies and pass them out to your friends and uh, and the folks at your church. Uh, So thank you, Mike, for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Justin. Always great to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship podcast. We pray that this time together has been a blessing to you. The Reformation Fellowship is a ministry of union. And so all that we do, we hope it helps you to delight in God, grow in Christ, serve the church and bless the world. If that is your hope, that is your desire, then friends, welcome to the fellowship.